Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. Welcome, Bitch Talkers. We're going to do a little basic bitching before our very last Sundance episode featuring the director and producer of a film called Micah. Um, but we haven't caught up in a minute and Ange got to do some cool ass Sundance shit and hasn't shared really a lot about it. So we thought we'd dive into that and I'll talk a little bit about a Valentine's Day gift <laughs> I gave my husband. And if there's anything else to share, I would love it if the uh, team would share because we've been in interview mode for like three weeks. I mean, I, I was just about to say it's a it's a it's a it's not a bad problem to have. When- no. You have uh, content coming out of your ears until uh, the middle of March. <laughs> no, I love it. Yeah, but we have missed just talking to each other because yes. um, it's like there's like Aaron said, I went to the Sundance premiere party and I haven't been able to tell you about it because we've been Not waiting really. to record a basic. Yeah. And it's been like three weeks now. I barely yes. remember anything. So I'll try to uh, th- there is at least one good story I can tell you. So uh Rita Baghdadi, who's the director of Sirens, uh, it's a documentary on the first and only, I believe, all-female trash yeah. metal uh, band in uh, the trash Middle metal. Thrash metal. Oh, <laughs> I meant to say thrash. Thrash. Thrash uh, metal. Metal band in the Middle East. Um, she, our interview with her went really well, so she invited us to their premiere party in LA. And thankfully, I'm down here. So it was at this place called El Cid, which is right down the street from where I used to live. It's off Sunset Boulevard. And um, three of the bandmates, all of them couldn't make it because I, I believe it was COVID because of COVID. Um, but three of the bandmates were there. So it was Sherry, Lilas, and Alma, the, the bassist. Yeah. Um, they were all there. And um, I, and they said, drinks and food provided. So that's all I knew, right? So I show up. <laughs> And I'm very, very nervous because of COVID. And I didn't know how packed it was going to be. I thought maybe it was going to be small. Um, the venue was really cool. It was mostly outdoors. That's where everyone was hanging out un- until uh, the band performed and everyone went inside. Uh, but it was, outside, it was an outside location, huge patio, which was cool. And I got there. It was from 6 to 10. And I got there at like 630 because I wanted to give some time. But it was it was empty when I got there. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to eat first, you know, so I can get that out of the way. <laughs> so they had yeah, like some good Mediterranean food. So I had a little plate and I noticed there was a tarot card reader. And I was like, Word. what? This is crazy because I had just, my friend had just gone to see a tarot card reader the week prior and I didn't have time to do it, but I really wanted to. So now there was this free reading, you know, you tip them at the end, but it was a free reading. So I sat down and, and had a reading and that was cool. But while I was waiting, I was waiting. Uh, there was one person before me, this other filmmaker was in line and we were just chatting and she had just lost her parents. And, you know, it was just kind of weird similarities. So yeah, uh, yeah, I, I was already meeting cool people. I sat down to do the tarot card reading, which was cool. And then it started getting more packed and I was like, okay, now I'm going to have a couple drinks. Cause I wanted to get a couple drinks in before I had to drive home. So I'm sitting there and I'm waiting and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go, you know, have a cigarette. I'm sorry. I'm smoking these days. I'm going to quit one day, but I'm going to go have a cigarette. 2023. 
Yeah. Well, no, I just, it's in, it's on my list. Uh, but, but I, but I'm glad I smoked because of this story I'm about to tell you. So there was a little side area in the yard that was for smokers. And there were these two guys standing at the end. It was like, kind of like a long alleyway, but it wasn't an alleyway. It was part of the, uh, the bar restaurant. So there were two guys standing at the end and I was like, okay, I'll stand at the entrance. Cause I don't want to be blowing smoke at each other and whatever. So I'm just kind of looking at my phone. Maybe I was even sending you guys pictures of my food yes. at the time. I don't know. I was I, I was updating whole, you. <laughs> had a whole line of photos. And yeah. So I was probably, you know, sending you as I was waiting because the band wasn't there yet. I hadn't seen Rita yet. So I was like, okay, I'll just hang out here for a minute. And then I'm almost done with my cigarette, but I couldn't find an ashtray. So I turned to the two guys and I was like, hey, do you have an ashtray down there? I don't want to throw my butt on the ground. And one of them, he was so sweet. He was like, oh, you know, you can put it in my cigarette case. It's fine. I'll throw it away later. And I was like, what? That's gross. No, I was like, what about COVID and germs? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was like, I don't want to put my butt in your tin because he was calling it his tin. And they both started laughing. And he's like, no, no, it's fine. Put your butt in my tin. And I was like, OK, you know, it was really sweet. So he comes up to me and I was like, what's your name? And he goes, Charlie. And I take a double look and I was like, I fucking know you. And I was like, is it my friend from back in the day or something? It was Charlie Barnett. Right, right. Who we have, had on the show. We've had on you the show did. for Tales of the City. Yes. Uh, we, we interviewed him along with Marie Bartlett and they were just dolls. And I and of course, I remember the interview, but he doesn't. But I was like, I interviewed you in San Francisco for Tales of the City with Marie. And and I loved you so much. Remember, it was so fun. He's all, <laughs> no, he was like, I remember being in San Francisco. That was fun. And he was like, that's so cool. What's your name? And then we started talking and, and it was cool because we had this whole conversation before I even knew he was Charlie Barnett, you know, so it wasn't like I was just fangirling, but, um, but he's like, I'm going to remember you now. And then he introduced me to his partner, Drew, who was also oh. just so sweet. And then, um, and then Drew took a picture of us for me and it was just, yes. he's the sweetest. I mean, he, I, I put my butt in Charlie Barnett's tin. That's right. That's, it was just, who really else sweet. could say that? So then, of course, I'm frantically texting you guys like, ah, ah, this happened, this happened. <laughs> so excited. And then I get back to the party and um, from the from the smoking area, from the entrance, you can see the, the backyard is down a few steps. So it was perfect. I can get a bird's eye view of the scene because I'm looking for the band. That was my whole plan was to give them, you know, some bitch talk swag or whatever. And I noticed that the band is now there and they're kind of mingling and the crowd's a little more gathered. Yeah. Um, but also as a side note, I asked Charlie uh, why he was there. Like, oh, do you know Rita or whatever? And he told me that Natasha, yeah. Leon, who is on with Russian Doll, uh, who's part of the film, she invited him and they had just gotten back from like Bangladesh because they were filming Russian Doll. So that's Which why- Which you still haven't watched it and I want you to watch it. It's so yes. good. Yeah, so then I was like, fuck, now Natasha Leon is here. Now I have to find her too. So I'm looking for- <laughs> I'm looking for the bandmates and I'm looking for like big red hair, you know, in the crowd. Yes. So I see the band and I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do that first, but they were talking to somebody. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to get another drink. And by this time I'd made friends with the bartenders inside because there was a bar inside that nobody was using. Everybody was using the did. outside bar yeah. and they're all packed like sardines. And I'm real paranoid at this point. Yeah. So I was just going to the inside bar and made friends with the bartender and the, and the bar manager. They were, they were really cool. So I, I was just kind of hanging there. And then I went 
uh, finally found the band. And I was just like, I'm a big fan of, you know, <laughs> oh, what, how do you like LA? I'm just like, you know, being all obnoxious and they were so cute. And then Rita comes up as I was talking to the band. So I'm giving everyone stickers and buttons. I'm like, you get a, I felt like Oprah. You yeah. Get a well, sticker, you get a button. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they were really cute and like giggly. It's just really sweet. And I, I texted you guys that I saw them just kind of running through the party, like little kids, just having the best time. Um, so yeah. So then I got to meet them. And then finally I saw Natasha and she was actually talking to Charlie and I was like, Oh, Oh, oh maybe I could just be like, Hey, Charlie, I got another butt for your tin. I was thinking maybe I'll say something like that. But then I was like, no, that's obnoxious. Oh, and already I'd bumped into him, uh, in the party and it seemed like maybe he thought I was following him. So I was like, okay, oh. I need to stay away from him. <laughs> I had just seen him. And then like, right. he turned around and I was there again. And I was just like waved and like ran away. <laughs> like, Oh my God, I hope he doesn't think I'm following him. So I was like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. So I waited until they were done talking. Meanwhile, I'm just by myself, like looking like a creeper, you know, I was going to say, you should say, and tell why you're by yourself that I was tried. Alone. You tried yeah. to find I tried friends. to find a friend to come with me. It was like a free party, like booze, food. I was I will be driving. Right. Yeah, I couldn't. It was everyone was snore. So really well, disappointed. And also a lot of your friends had COVID. So <laughs> friends had COVID yes. or babies. Right. You know, to feed, I guess. So and really was them. Andrew's really taking one for the team. I wanted I wanted. Yeah, a roll dog. So I wouldn't look exactly how I looked, which was like a stalker <laughs> just standing there, you know, just like trying to stay away from people, but creeping to get to people. Yeah. So anyway, finally, you know, whoever she was talking to, she stopped and she was just kind of hanging there. And I just went up to her and I was like, hi, Natasha. <laughs> so awkward. And this goes against every fiber I of my know. being, like, I know. especially having grown up in L.A., working in restaurants where famous people came in all the time. I could give a fuck, really. I don't go up to them. I don't take pictures with them. I don't do that. It's obnoxious. But, you know, for bitch talk, I was like, <laughs> I just want to give her a sticker. So I was like, I, I used your advice, Aaron, because I was like, what do I say to her? I feel stupid. So I was like, hey, Natasha, really loved the documentary. We had Rita on our show. She invited me to the party, but, you know, thanks for your work. I just, I love every single thing you do. Yeah. And I, and I just wanted to give you a sticker and, and just tell you, thank you, you know, whatever, something fucking lame like that. And she was like, that's cool. I'm glad you had read on the show right on, you know, right on. She's like, yeah. oh, like hippie talking. I'm like, oh, you're so cool. And then, and then I was like, can I take a picture? I mean, and my <laughs> voice is shaking, just like so. I'm the lamest person in the world right now. And I was like, I'm really sorry. I know that's obnoxious. And she was like, hey, it's the times we're living in. And then she just like, you know, put her arm around me and held the sticker. And Drew, Charlie's partner, oh. just popped in out of nowhere and was like, I'll take it. Oh. Like the cutest guy. Everyone's adorable. Yeah. So then I met Natasha and then I stayed until the band played. It was also Rita's birthday. And so they brought out a cake for her and they and it was just it was really fun. And I I, I was texting Shar and Aaron the whole time. And I was like, I'm going to stay. They said it's going to last longer yeah. than 10. I'm getting a hotel room. Like, I mean, my yeah, I really, mean, you really gone. went from zero to a hundred. <laughs> I was like, I thought you were scared of COVID. Now you're just going to stay long and get a hotel room. Yeah. Because all these cool things were happening to me. It was like, yeah. fuck, I want to keep staying. Who else am I going to bump into? And, and, you know, I was talking to some people at the bar and it's yeah. just really good people. And you're and, out, you were out and doing I was shit. free. Yeah. And yeah. everything was free. 
right. uh, <laughs> like uh, the, whole, the whole thing. It was so it was just really fun. And then um, before I left, I was walking out and I saw the backing to one of our stickers on the ground. And I was like, hey, look, someone put our sticker on already. Uh, ooh, but they also littered. But that's beside the point. So. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a success, but I was scared and- as shit. I was like, should I go home or should I test first? Or uh, I ended up being fine, but I was very nervous. It was packed. What happened from when you were like, I think I'm going to stay and get a hotel room to leaving? Because that that seemed like a real quick decision. <laughs> so I was like, oh, OK, she's going for it. Oh, OK, she's going home. OK, well, because sense kicked in, I think yeah. just time because yeah. I was just having such a good time. And I just t- chatted with someone at the bar and I was like, I'm staying because the manager said technically it's supposed to end at 10, but they bought this place out. So it'll last longer. And Got then it. I was like, oh, in that case, but no, I was driving. I was right. I mean, that was stupid. It was fine. And then I was like, quit while I'm ahead, because, you yeah. know, I'm likely to put my foot in my mouth or be get too drunk, or, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I didn't have, you know, I didn't have someone with me to kind of keep me in check and, and, you know, right. That's smart. Look at, look at you. I am 40. I am 40. That's what happens. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So that was, that was a fun text chain. I appreciated it. I was doing all the posts for us on bitch talk and yeah I think maybe Raphael Casal's voice uh how drunk (laughs) were you maybe that kept ringing in my head because I talked about how drunk I was at the blind spotting premiere so I was like all right I'm not gonna be that well and that I mean that part was hilarious because he's like (laughs) we were all there everyone was there (laughs) everyone was there we just changed out of our Oh, oh man. man. Yeah. So it was a huge success and everyone was really cool. And yeah, Natasha is a serious badass and she's just like so petite. Yeah. I feel like she's a little, little thing. Mm-hmm. Her, her bow wasn't there, Fred Armisen. I didn't see him. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just, I wanted to quickly share and I figured you two would have opinions about this. So Valentine's Day is coming up. This comes out on Valentine's Day. So I wanted to surprise uh, my husband because it's our first one. And we don't really give a shit about Valentine's Day, but it's just, it's here, whatever. But I'm like, oh, I'm going to surprise him with something. And so he's been talking about, and we got to invite his press to a screening, but you couldn't bring anybody with you. It was press, literally press only. But we got, uh, we got invited to see a preview of Jackass. We didn't go because I couldn't bring him and I don't give two fucks about Jackass. I don't. Um, but he really loves Jackass. This is something that has like just been evolving out of our relationship. And I didn't really know how much you loved it. So I surprised him yesterday and sat through Jackass. <laughs> and I will tell you if anyone's going to go see that movie, first of all, it was his idea. I'm like, fuck to order a salad while you're watching jackass because you're basically you don't eat while you're watching jackass or just eat french fries don't eat anything with the dressing on it or um uh it was real rough i had to look like there were moments where i was looking at i'm like i can't watch i can't watch this i can't watch come i can't watch semen (laughs) i can't watch a bunch of dicks literally or balls like i am it's so um I did my wifely duties and took him to Jackass and wow. don't know if I'll ever do that again, but happy Valentine's day. <laughs> like, oh, that's love. Are you guys fans of Jackass? I used to, I would watch it like in passing if it was on, but it's not, 
it's not something that I'm obsessed with, but I, you know, obviously Johnny Knoxville is hot. So I didn't mind that. I saw him once yeah. at the cat club, by the way, back in the and day here in the city. Mm-hmm. Back was in, he, I mean, in the mid 2000s. I've so. heard nothing, but the, and maybe he's changed, but I've heard nothing like nothing that he's a he's a total dick. Like, well, he was I've just heard. at the cat club. It's not like anyone is having deep conversations. We just right, right, right. Dancing. right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he I was on that. Howard. Did you hear him on Howard, Char? I, I'm not caught up recently, but um, yeah, I um, I used to, you know, when they first came out, you know, it was, it was everything. It was fun. And, you know, <laughs> watching the TV show and then watching the movies all fun. But then after a while, it's just like it's just like just like everything else oversaturated. And you're just like, uh, yeah, I don't have to watch all that. Stuff. Yeah, it's just the same thing over and over again. But I but from the interview, I learned that he now has a woman as part of the team and she was a real badass. So that's Rachel. Cool. And they yeah. And there evolved. were two people of color, which was yeah. great. You're like, wow, it's did they? OK, I'll have to listen to yeah, it. Howard addressed that. Yeah. OK. I mean, you know, I, I was laughing out loud through a lot of it. I love pranks. I love when I people... like the scaring and the yeah, yes. those parts I I enjoy. <laughs> I mean, I was laughing. And also I was just like, let's go see something dumb. Like we've been sitting through so many oh movies my God. Mm-hmm. and watching a lot of serious stuff. This is just like I couldn't check my brain at the door and eat a salad while we're watching jackass that was the worst decision it was so gross yeah any sort of eating yeah it's always just like you're yeah you're either going to see shit or come or vomit was, or yeah, yeah we balls. saw all of, it, all of we saw all of those things Ange. so mm-hmm. um <sighs> i'm with you though on the like can i just be stupid right now like watch oh. something and never have to use my brain it just it hurts <laughs> It hurt all this because we're not just watching it. You have to like watch it, take notes, thoughtful eye and, you know, yes. take lessons from things and <laughs> remember. I mean, even remembering that there hard. was my new favorite person, actually, from the Jackass crew. And I don't I only know the original original. I know that they've been growing ever since, you know, whatever, 20 years they've been doing this now, I think he said. Um, but did he talk about this? One of the guys. Uh, brought his dad into it and his name's dark shark this guy is like straight he's like straight thug former like he was incarcerated this guy and of course they put him in the helmet with the spider and like you know all this (laughs) shit and he's like his the son was standing by he's like oh i'm taking his thug card back like he can't (laughs) can't do any of this stuff but I mean, if you need to check your brain at the door, go see Jackass. Although I'm like, why are the women doing this stuff? I guess we're just too smart. Is that the thing? And also, how did Jackass become Jackass without having social media? Now I'm like, how did they even get a show? I don't even understand how that happened. MTV, right? I know, but how did MTV know about them? I guess I just need to do a deep dive. Unless someone's listening and you know. Because there was like no YouTube then, there was no social media 20 but years ago. That was ago. back when MTV was like still the shit. It's not like it's horrible now. Well, yeah. But so yeah, Jackass. I'll tell you one other thing that's disgusting and it has to do sort of with, it would be a Jackass moment. The other night we we went out, which meant like we walked down to a bar and ordered a pizza and waited for it and came back. That was our Friday night out. Um, <laughs> but we're crossing the street. We're with our neighbors. And when we crossed over to pick up our pizza, we noticed a very giant rat carcass, like in, sorry, in the crosswalk. And we're like, oh, gross. And so coming back, who do you think slipped on it? 
<laughs> Why? You knew it was there. I forgot oh, already. I already, had, I already had like two glasses of wine and it was disgusting. So I still haven't brought my shoe in here. I was going to say, what did you do? I got a bleach it. I literally like did the, I didn't fall, but I did like the banana peel slip in it. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and I looked at our neighbor, Lindsay, and we looked at each other. She's like, that was the rat carcass. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> So uh, gross. I wish I was there. That'd be like <laughs> Ange, Ange's uh, Disneyland uh, oh. car crash. <laughs> well, you saw it before. You don't forget when you see a rat carcass. That's yeah, but you're, if you're talking and you're not paying attention <laughs> and you're two glasses of wine in and you haven't really eaten all day, yeah, you forget about the rat carcass. Anyways. Well, I, I have one more thing. <laughs> I, I guess that's not a good segue from rat carcass. But oh, no, no, no. But my my grandfather, my mom's dad turned 100 yesterday. Oh, shit. So we have a rat carcass. Yeah, speaking, a bad speaking of a rat carcass. It's not a good segue. No, no, no. I don't mean that. There's no that. segue to that. Yeah. But uh, so we went to go see him and, you know, he's like in a in a bed, you know, and we didn't really know what kind of state he was going to be in because he's fucking 100 and he also survived covid by the way last year i don't know how that happened wow. but but uh we walk in and he's still like super joyful and i put on music and he was dancing like he he taught me how to dance when i was a kid like i well, you know one of my earlier memories is he was like you have to move everything even your shoulders and i was like okay and then, so that's why i like you know i bring the shoulders when i dance yeah. he was dancing and he remembered most of our names and uh, and it was really cool. It was really sweet to go visit him and and rub his head. He has a bald head. He's the reason why I like bald heads. Oh. And um, and yeah, it was yeah a hundred. So fucking crazy. Wow. And he's still real with it. Like his English is great. You know, he speaks three languages still. So so he's pretty with it for the most mm -hmm. part. Yeah, oh. yeah. And his his care. He'll never listen to this, right? Yeah. His his caregiver. Um, was very talkative and, and very nice, but only spoke Tagalog really. So he kept trying to talk to me. And I was like, I, I don't know how to tell you this again. I don't understand Tagalog. I'm really sorry. I don't understand. But he was trying to first, he asked me my age. And then I was like, okay, you're not really asking anyone else their age. And then he was like, so yeah, where do you live? And then because my sister was translating to me what he was saying. Mm. And then he asked if I knew this Filipino band who plays in Cerritos and if I want to go. And then he asked me for my number. And oh, then, you got asked when, out when he asked me for my number and he hands over his phone. I like locked eyes with my sister, like SOS abort abort mission. <laughs> Just get the fuck out of here. And I was like, OK, like, I'm, of course, I'm going to say yes. I'm not going to you know, he's my grandfather's caregiver and so anyway, that was a little awkward. I'm just like, at, at our age, this is just what happens to me now when I'm in a Filipino situation. It's like, you're the single one. Okay, let's fix you up. It's just, it's just really bad. It's really bad. <laughs> it's like, it's the only thing people care about. Like, oh, are you married? Okay, well then that's all I care about. You know, it's just like, you're not of substance otherwise. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. There's nothing else going on in your life. He's a very nice man and he, you know, nice looking and he had dimples. I like dimples, but I was just like, I don't speak Tagalog. Like, what, what are we going to do? No, it's just. I think in general, we just have to be better about being like, I'm not interested. Thank you. <laughs> in general. <laughs>
it was just I had two, my two aunts, my mom, my sisters. It was just we're in the small apartment. It was just like I, I didn't even want to get any like, sort of awkwardness. I'm here to see my grandfather who's turning 100 years old. Like or that's my focus. Maybe I could have given him your number or something. Fuck off. Memorize your number. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you calling? Well, I wouldn't answer it then. I understand Tagalog, so. Hey, could have give Shar's oh, number. I should have given him Shar's number. He's really nice. He's really nice. I don't mean anything bad. It's just, it's just that's just the way it is now, especially in our culture. And at my age, it's like, oh, still a single one? Okay, here, let's fix you up. It's just the immediate thing. I'm sad like, that Jeff and I are married now because I'm not going to get any red envelopes anymore. I mean, that was really awesome being single for Chinese New Year. How many would you get? I'd get a few. I wow. Mean, it wasn't like a lot of money, but at least it was little pocket money. No, it's nice. Know? Who doesn't like little pocket money? Ice cream money. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> you're not of value. It's just so it's too much. I'm like, can I just see my grandfather? And just that's all. But he's a very nice man. It was just like when it's it was a lot. Just, it was really funny when he handed me his phone and I like looked over at my sister. She was already looking at me like. <laughs> What are you going to do? <laughs> I don't, I don't know if it's similar, but it feels a little similar. And I don't know if I ever shared this story and I know we got to wrap, but it's like when my, well, it's not very similar, <laughs> but it's still very like uncomfortable. The guy that my mom and I had to go meet with at the funeral home, basically the sales guy at the funeral home while my dad was still alive, by the way, but in the hospital and like things weren't going well, that guy started hitting on me. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now? I'm going to kill you. Mm -hmm. We're fucking talking about my dad's arrangements. Mm -hmm. Anyways, if any men are listening, uh, yeah, just <laughs> don't read the just room. Go, yeah. Go just don't do the thing you think you should be doing. How about that? <laughs> I don't know. Like gross. Get the fuck out of my face. Well, and then it feels like they, they think they're doing you a favor by hitting on you. Not, you know what I mean? That's what it feels not like. doing a favor. <laughs> now you're making me feel extra weird. Thank you. Yeah. So anyways, on that note, uh, <laughs> it, uh, here's our last here's our last interview from Sundance. It's actually a really fun one. The film I really loved, it's called Micah. It's actually a family sci-fi film out of Vietnam. And it's a funny story. We had to do a redo. We had the kids on. It didn't work out. So we're just, it's it's just going to be the adults talking in the room this time. But enjoy and uh, we'll see you soon. Okay, here we are at the Sundance Film Festival 2022. Um, here is a, a rare redo that we're gonna be doing on the show here for filmsonwild.com. <laughs> By the way, my name is John Wildman. I'm the editor-in-chief. Here, of course, with Aaron Lim and Angela Deborah, the top twosome, the only twosome that anybody would ever need from Bitch Talk Podcast. <laughs> and, uh, and we're gonna be talking about the film Micah, uh, which is one of the two um, uh, children's, uh, one of two family films from Sundance uh, this year. And we have our director, Ham Tran. We have one of the producers, Jenny Train Lee. So welcome to the show, you two. Hello, thanks for having us again. Oh, thanks for having us again. <laughs> yes. And, 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 and I know because I've been putting you two through your paces that you've, you've had to do this a number of times. But Ham, one more time, tell us what Micah is about. Micah is a story about uh, a little boy who is 
um, grief stricken um, from the loss of his of his mother, and um, you know his his relationship is strained with his father. His best friend has just moved out, and their their families are being pushed out of the apartment building uh, by a very greedy landlord. And so, you know, when when all hope seemed lost, he goes up to his place of solace, which is the rooftop of the building, looks up at the moon and prays to his mom for guidance and help when he sees a meteor shower. And in the meteor shower, there's an errant star, this beautiful purple light that just falls and crashes behind the mountains. He rushes, gets up on his bike and rides all the way up to the mountain and tries to figure out what it is when he finds an alien girl. And so um, she's lost and, and needs to get back home. And in his uh, efforts to try and help her, she helps him restore his life and becomes the best friend any boy can ask for. All right, and I'm gonna start off really quickly because this film was inspired uh, by a Czechoslovakian series in the 70s that was insanely popular from, from, from what I, I've learned from, from you and, and research I've done in Vietnam. Um, but I would love for you to talk yeah. about, you know, when some when you when you when you do a project based on something like that, you keep some things and some things you don't keep purposefully. And I would love for you to talk, talk yeah. about the development process of what you really said. I have to keep this, but this maybe doesn't work anymore for what we want to do. I think what it was is that you know, like for the Czech uh, show, it was basically about an alien robot girl who comes in and wants to share with the world that she is a, a delegate, you know, from another planet. And so, she, you know, she, she crash lands in the mountains of, of uh, Slovakia and uh, meets up with a group of kids, right? And then in turn, they help her set up a whole conference to announce her presence and everything. So it's very different, you know, it, it was sparks everybody's imagination because this was produced in 1974. This is prior to even ET, it precedes ET. And actually some, some would say that it inspired ET as well, right? Um, and, and she has a very particular look in the TV show. She's got this bowl cut, right? This kind of orange hair. She's got this orange space, like, you know, uh, uh, fan-like dress and she wears these red boots, you know? And so, you know, we, we do try to pay homage to that. And, and Micah, as the character of, of the little alien girl from another planet, that's pretty much what we capped. Um, and everything else, we, we sort of try to, to, to do our own reimagining of it. Um, and it's largely because uh, I wanted to, to write my own experience in it as well. So, you know, my initial uh, connection to the script was to, you know, when they told me that they wanted to do a film about a little boy who lost his mother and meets an alien girl. And I was like, okay, I can relate to this. And so uh, as I developed it, I was like, I think in the original um, outline, they, they had turned her hair to green. And I was like, green on a little girl, you know? And I was like, ah, I, I love the color purple, you know? And, and so the studio was like, purple, that doesn't look good. I was like, it's better than green here, let me show you. And so I had to find examples and things like that, you know? And then, uh, and then the whole concept of her being a robot, I just felt like, oh, that's so, so small wonders. I don't know, John, if you remember that TV yes. show, Small Wonders. So it was like, oh yeah. I, Mickey, I am a robot, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, I didn't want that, you know? So I wanted to her to get updated and be more organic, you know? And I sort of wanted a concept around her alien form like what what you know if she was an alien what would it be personally i've been getting into more meditation so i i, I wanted it to be about vibration and then the chakras and you know and, and 
you know, sound as levitation. So she's able to fly, she's able to float, she's able to do things because of, of manipulation of sound vibrations. And I sort of layered in there as well. Like, you know, if, it's better when you hear it in the theatrical mix with the 5.1, you'll actually hear frequencies that actually calm the heart, right? Um, and so things like that, where I've layered that in there as well. But at the same time, you know, we still sort of pay homage to the original show um you know we we gave we gave her little boots and we gave her like an orange when she first crash lands she has to wear like an orange uh, raincoat because that's all he had in his backpack you know uh to lend her to wear and so you know just just to have a little bit of that but where i found really cool similarities was like you know they when micah finally gets the the kids in the tv show to fly they fly over these castles in the you know slovakian mountains and i was like hey even though we're shooting in Da Nang, uh, da Nang in Vietnam, we have castles. There's this resort up in the hills, you know, it's called Bana Hills and it's got little steeples and castles, you know, we're like it's so weird and out of this world that it had to be in the movie, you know? And then the more that I researched, the more that I tried to sort of update, the more that I found out that, you know, we actually, uh, there's there's a lot that can be related, you know? Um, for example, the, the first, astronaut the first asian astronaut right is from vietnam <laughs> right and we're like that's incredible you know and he went up you know he's a cosmonaut that went up in 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 the uh, late 70s you know um and he flew many mis missions i think he flew like about 60 something missions you know uh and and he's still alive to this day we we wanted to get him to do a cameo but uh, because of covid he was really scared to go in public he's you know he's he's really old now um, so so little things like that um those are all the things that are very very different from the from the original tv show however we try to keep that spirit alive you know that spirit of of just being a child and 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 you know having fun and, and being amazed by by um by the wonders you know uh, yeah yeah these these three are our, our three main stars really carry this film you fall in love with them from the first second and uh you know their relationship the way they relate to each other seems so natural and effortless but we know that it was not effortless on, on both <laughs> of your parts so i'm curious to hear jenny how did you wrangle them behind the scenes to get them prepared and ham what was it like you know how did you direct them to make to make it seem so so effortless <laughs> yeah well i know i think definitely working on a kid's film, you not just work with the kids, but you work with the parents. So the parents are, are very key in terms of like, just figuring out what they like, what they don't like. We actually we actually um, soon figured that there was one key secret to all three of them getting, getting in a good mood no matter, no matter what, which is boba tea. <laughs> so if we promise them a boba, they will be like, okay, one more take. Okay, five more takes, you know? And they actually got a little bit too savvy by the end because we were trying to trick them and be like, okay, just one more. And they would always be like, no, Uncle Ham's not going to make us do one more. We still have the other angle. And then we're going to do this three more times. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you, you know, you know way too much. And all of it was just, you know, having a good time with them and playing and, and talking with them and just remembering to talk with just to, like you check in with them a lot you know that they're 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 actors technically in the film but they're kids first and foremost and they're they're not going to be like oh I'm going to go to work now and I'm going to put my work hat on you know so it was a lot of that it was a lot of piggyback piggybacking you yeah. know um just to like keep them fun and entertained so 
uh, for me working with them, I mean, I'm, I'm always known as the, the actor whisperer because I'm always right next to, I, I don't like sitting in the video village. I like to be right next to the camera or right next to the actor and sort of like, you know, talking to them and then you know, walking them through the, the scene. Um, and then, you know, but working with kids, sometimes you have to be their cheerleader. You know, you really have to, come on, let's go, right? And you have to energize them. Um, for a lot of this, you know, because this is also a sci-fi film and we shot a lot of stuff green screen. So they had to imagine a lot of things. So it's really just like telling them, and then this happens and then you see this and then you're flying through here and then it's going around in a circle, you know? So you really, I, I really had to like animate everything for them. Um, uh, verbally, you know, so that they can they can actually visualize it, they can see, it, and then they're reacting to it. Um, and so, yeah, that's you know that's what it's like working with kids. But but you know, there are times when they don't want to work together. You know, they're like oh, him again. You know, and so then we have to actually go. Okay, kids, it's playtime. So, no, we're not going to shoot. Let's just go play. And you know, we we take them out and we let them play until they get along. They're like, okay, they they feel each other's vibes again. Okay, let's go back in, and then we'll shoot. Um, so then there's that too. And then there's times where they just want to take a nap, and you can, okay, let's. Okay, oh, there's adult, a lot of napping. You know, <laughs> what what adult characters can we shoot now <laughs> until they wake up and they will just pick up, you know. Uh, the shots that we need, yeah, but then, but that's how sort of the schedule ran longer and longer and longer. It's because you know you you have you have to work around their schedule. You can't really force them to work at our our pace. You know, yeah. I mean, the, the parents really wanted us to schedule in like a one hour nap every day, but it's just like not possible. You know, so we had to kind of we had to kind of like deal with them and sort of like, hey, when we're you know when we turn around, when when take little micro naps, you know, and then sort of get through it that way. If only we could schedule an hour nap or two hours nap, you know. Bar know. Bargaining I could take naps. one of those. Yeah. 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 yeah my, my, my wife wants me to schedule one hour nap every day. So <laughs> I get it. I get it. Because this is um, uh, a debut of a Vietnamese film at Sundance, um, mm. you know, and, and, you know, you guys will always be able to claim that you know, as, as, a, as, a, as your, you know, your accomplishment for, for this particular film. Let's talk about, actually, because the two of you have been making films in Vietnam for quite some time. Talk about the difference, you know, the, the, you know in, in, in the real production sense of making films in Vietnam versus making films in the States. Mm. Wow. <laughs> How much time do you have? <laughs> I mean, I think for me, uh, the biggest thing is that so as a producer, you know, um, you basically, you know, you make it happen. You solve problems, right? That's the biggest thing. And so, and so, um, in Vietnam, okay, in America, um, rules are rules. You know, uh, deadlines are deadlines. This is this, black and right, white. In Vietnam, it's a little bit more murky. And so, it's so sometimes, even though a no, a no is not always a no. There's kind of always ways around. And you know, you know, the uncle, the cousin of the sister of the boyfriend of somebody. You know, or or like, you know, you you take somebody out for drinks, you know, you go hang out, you have a, a, suddenly have a good coffee talk and all of a sudden everything changes. Right. And so there's sort of always there's always ways around things. And so I feel like I'm very confident to solve any problem. Right. Um, with with um, but then there's that. But then there's a it's a double edged sword. So because of that, you know, you could have a contract to shoot in the house. And then all of a sudden the grandmother that lives upstairs is like, I don't want anyone to come in today. You guys go find some place else. 
And we're like, what? You know, or like, you know, we had a, and then you have to like, you know, convince the grandma, you have to like, you know, figure it out, but maybe you lose time, right? That I, I did a, a shoot where we we're shooting a commercial and then we had already got, gotten the perm, the filming permits, the districts, everything that, okay, we're going to shoot here. You know, the, we're, we're blocking out these two blocks. And then we get to the location four in the morning and there was a marathon like right next door that was starting and we, you know, and it was in all of our shots because it's, it's a street. <laughs> and 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 it was just like a last minute having to find another location and 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 you know just things like that like that 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 happens a lot too so it definitely keeps you on your toes and i think that it keeps you creative you know if you don't if you don't uh freak out <laughs> so oh i'm sorry no no it's okay yeah well on the topic of of vietnam i was fortunate enough to visit in, in 2012 so um and it's still one of the, my favorite countries I've ever been to. So thank you for reminding me of just how beautiful it is, especially mm-hmm. Da Nang. Um, but it wasn't lost on me when when Hong is is having trouble understanding the alien, and he goes, "Oh, you're from Hanoi." Like essentially saying, "Like, oh, you're from the north." Like, is it a, a typical thing for like Northerners and Southerners to dig on each other like that? <laughs> oh yes, definitely. yeah, a little bit. It's like sometimes it's it's, it's hard for the north to understand the south, and the south to understand the north, but none of them can understand the, the middle region. <laughs> so. no. yeah. It's like, it's like, a, it's like a, us trying to understand like, you know, Scottish, Irish accent. That's really, like, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> the middle region, there there are no tones at all. So everything's flat, right? Mm, yeah. like, what? I have enough, I have a hard enough time trying to balance the five different tones. Now, now then you take away all the tones. You're like, where am I? You know, they'll be saying <laughs> stuff to me and I, I'd be like, yeah, no, I don't understand. <laughs> can you write it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you can you write this, please? And so, um, yeah. No. Uh, but to, to answer John's question, you know, for me, in my experience as a director, about the, I think that the biggest challenge working in Vietnam, making films in Vietnam versus making films in the U.S. is this: it's like because um, we're still a very young, you know, um, c- cinematic industry, right? I think. And a lot of times, you know, when foreign production companies come and, and they work in Vietnam, they never hire the locals to be the heads of departments. Mm-hmm. And so the thing is that most, most of the crew members don't feel empowered. They don't feel like they're part of the storytelling, right? And that's where, you know, for me, that's the, the, the biggest obstacle, the toughest challenge to overcome. You know, when I work with a production designer in Vietnam, they'll read the script and, and then they'll say, okay, uh, what would you like? And I go, what did you see? Like when you were reading the script, like in your head, what did you see? They're like, oh, well, I don't know. What do you see? And then what, you know? And so I end up having to send them samples and then they go out and they look for the samples. And so they've always worked in the mentality as they're, they're, they're runners, right? They'll go out and find something that you like. You just have to tell them what you like. But I'm like, no you're a storyteller. When you're a costume designer, you're telling the story of the characters with the costumes. When you're a production designer, the sets tell you everything about who the characters are, even their props, you know? And it's really hard. And it's in every department from from production to post-production, right? Even the sound guy doesn't feel like he's part of the storytelling, right? And the sound designer. And I go, I go, what do you think sound designing is? Right? He goes, well, I'm just filling in the sound of what's happening on the screen if it's missing. I go, no, man, you're telling st- st- the story with sound, 
you know, you're pulling the focus of the audience with the sound, right? Um, and so the, that's, that's the biggest obstacle is to try to empower them. And because they don't feel that that's their responsibility, then they sort of, they slack off on the work that they're supposed to do as well. So things don't get done on time. And then, but then they're really scared to, to have questions. So they're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then on the day, it's not there. And you're like, what was all that uh-huh about? Like the five conversations. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always like the, the yes is not, it, the yes just means yes, I heard you. It doesn't really mean yes, <laughs> I'm going to do it. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and the thing is like, I've discovered now through, you know, just horrible, you know, experiences, losing your temper doesn't help because when you lose your temper, they just become like deer in headlights. It's just, and they freeze and they can't work anymore. Right. And so it's like, okay, you know, and, and Jenny will tell you, I'm a very different director from when I first came back uh, to Vietnam to work. And, and now actually she hasn't even seen my, my Zen, my new Zen feel, right? I'm skeptical. Because I'm Micah, I was like, you know? Uh, yeah. well, I, well, I'll tell you, you know, all, you know, all that work, I think, and, and of course, yes, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm a little prejudiced because you guys know <laughs> I'm a huge fan of this film and, and, and I've been, you know, working with you guys on it, but I just love it to death. And uh, again, the film is Micah, The Girl from Another Galaxy, which was one of the two family films at this year's Sundance Film Festival. We've been talking with Ham Tran, the director of the film, Jenny Trang Lee, one of the producers. It's been great talking to you. But thank you thank so much you for having much. us back. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions.